Ah, well, if I would have managed to hit the record button care. just a couple seconds earlier, the people would have seen just how abusive Fat Mac we don't care. to your boy Pasty. Hi, folks, and welcome to B-Sticks <laughs> Podcast. We don't care. Where we don't oh, care. We care that y'all are listening to us because you are what's important. But we can still important. bring you the best one again. Oh. This is not only the best one, but this is the second best one y'all have gotten from us. Imagine yes. that. Woo! I love it. Second verse, same as the first. Just replay the old episode. Call it a day. And go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks. The, uh, the sponsor lineup is just heating up. As we have Qualities T-Shirt Company. On our Ow! side, bringing you Wilmermania 2, your premier middle-of-nowhere Minnesota wrestling show, brought to you in a school gymnasium, but it's still going to be a damn good time. Be hey, sure to you check know it what? out. Back in the uh, mid-90s, late-90s, the best wrestling you found wasn't in the huge stadiums that WCW and WWE were putting out. They were in the small stadiums of ECW. Oh, yeah. And... Go farther into the early 2000s when there was no WCW. The giant stadiums that WWE was putting shows in sucked ass. But you could watch some amazing wrestling if you went to a small little show near you called either Ring of Honor or Total Nonstop Action. Yes, actually, I remember seeing Ring of Honor in my high school gymnasium back uh, probably about 10th grade. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's not WWE. I was so blind back then. I didn't know. All I knew was there was fake wrestling you learn in school and real wrestling you watch on TV. You were blinded by the light and you took off like a douche. I did. Actually, I was really fresh into getting high back then. So that was that was the jam. <laughs> I don't even I can't even say if I was watching wrestling in 2004. Probably. I don't think any of us care. No. But we do care about our sponsors, Qualities T-Shirt Company, who brings you the finest quality custom tees with sublimation heat, vinyl transfer, decals, shirts, shirts, shirts. You need them. You got to wear them. It's the only way you can go to the store. Why not wear some fresh shit with your own designs branded on it? Or one of B6 podcast designs. If you ask us, we will oblige Woo. Definitely. For of course, sure. Can't have one without the other. Monster wear clothing. My good friend, Corey Matthews. Putting it down for you. Putting it to the grind. Working and working over time to bring you the finest decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics. What you need, he's got you covered. And he's a highly skilled cat bringing you custom graphics and logo design services on request. It's your one-stop shop for self-branding needs. Now, Fat Mac, why don't you tell the people about my beard? Well, your beard is looking kind of weird, but something that could uh, flip that and reverse it, as Missy Elliott used to say, is if you went... Exactly, is if you went... Two badassbeardcare.com dot 
Badassbearcamp.com. That's B-A-D-A-S-S-B-E-A-R-D-C-A-R-E.com. Check out their line of products. It is amazing. There's so much to offer. If you care about the hair that you have up there, then you will definitely want to check out this site. And I got a little something for you, pasty. Now, this hasn't been okayed by BadassBeardCare.com, and they'll probably cut their sponsorship from us. But now, this week, and this week only, if you use the promo code BEEFSTICKSPODCAST829, you'll redeem your free sample pack. It's a great way to help this podcast, and it doesn't cost you a buck, folks. That's badassbeardcare.com, promo code BEEFSTICKSPODCAST829. It's No Shave November, folks. You got to keep it clean. If you know what I mean. Yes. And um, something else that wasn't happening in November was uh, pro wrestling companies keeping their word. Ooh, sounds like a normal occurrence in the industry. It does now, but back in the day when people actually bet their whole company on a handshake, it used to be pretty up and up, straightforward and honorable. But, pasty, the date was November 9th, 1997. The location was Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And the event was Survivor Series. Ooh, I know what this is! <laughs> of course! The main event was a WWF Championship match pitting title holder and native hero Brett the Hitman Hart against his arch-nemesis, both in real life and kayfabe. The D-Generation X leader, Sean Michaels. I want to see a table for three with those two and vacant at third chair. <laughs> it was a Montreal screw job, Basty. Yes, it happened it was. this week 22 years ago. Wow. Glorious, glorious screw job bringing Vince McMahon into the foray. The the Mr. McMahon character was pretty much born this day. Now, the issues between these two were born of jealousy, insecurity, and philosophy. And infidelity, so I heard. Ah, sunny days, baby, sunny days. <laughs> Michaels wanted what Hart had, but more than anything, he actually wanted the hitman's respect. Known as one of the best workers of his time, a technician who could carry any wrestler to a good match, Bret Hart's reputation was that of a hard blue-collar worker, much like his father's. Michaels, meanwhile, was fast and loose, extremely talented, don't get me wrong, but always raw and a bit unpolished. He could really go, though, and Hart matched him step for step. It actually made for a chemistry few wrestlers have ever equaled and led to a number of classic matches. Just look up Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, and you're bound to find an amazing match. Right. Well, back then, all they were doing is drinking, doing coke, and talking shit about each other. Nowadays, all they do is sit and play video games. Exactly. So, with Bret Hart soon leaving to rival WCW, Vince McMahon asked Bret to drop the belt at Survivor Series, where Hart was scheduled to face Michaels in Montreal. But, the Canadian hero said no, he wouldn't do it. 
Now fearing the worst, Vince McMahon met with close aides to figure out what to do. Fuck him, Triple H said. Triple H said. <laughs> Triple H. If he doesn't want to do business, you do business for him. Folks, now remember, this is back in 97. Triple, Triple H, H is the a kind of a nobody. Yeah. But he was in Vince's ear. It finally came time for the match, and though many forget it due to the outcome, the two actually had an awesome back-and-forth exhibition full of emotion in front of a hot crowd that was loving every minute of it. But then, pasty, a dark shadow fell over the ring. Shawn Michaels put Bret Hart in the sharpshooter. At one point, he actually messed up, only to have Bret Hart tell him how to fix the mistake. Little did Brett know he was actually assisting his arch nemesis in his eventual downfall. Shortly after HBK locked in, Hebner shouted, Ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell! Upon realizing that he had been screwed by Vince McMahon and possibly a lot others, Bret Hart stood up, went over to the ropes, and spit right in Vince McMahon's face. He then flipped the bird to the backstage area and drew the letters WCW in the air to signify he was leaving for a rival promotion. Once he got to the back, Hart would ultimately have a confrontation where he punched McMahon right in the face, sending the WWF owner to the floor and injuring his ankle, as well as giving him a pretty nice shiner, a black eye to wear. He's a fragile dude. He very much is. That now, tearing his quads, I mean, holy shit. That whole uh, scenario about Brett being pissed and punching him and all, this this could be chalked up to folklore and wrestling uh, history, you know, as the it way were. it should be remembered. But all this was actually caught on video and audio and is available in the Wrestling With Shadows documentary, which, by the way, they started this documentary without knowing any of this shit would happen, and they had the most amazing luck of videoing everything as it went down through this whole debacle. I recommend watching Wrestling With Shadows. I have it on three different DVDs and a VHS. It is one of the best wrestling uh, videos you can so buy. Fatback G B at gmail.com and he'll send you a copy. Um so yeah, a huge part of pro wrestling history. Huge Yes, amazing moment. And um I didn't get the next thing yet, pasty. <laughs> So we're going to have to fine. miss it this week. I'll get it next week. It's, it's okay. been a busy week. It has. It has. We've watched so much stuff this week, Fat Mac. Oh, so much. So we got to get into the best reasons to watch oh, TV this week. Yes. To watch TV. Yes. To watch TV. That's as we do every week. The best reasons to watch TV. Yes, folks. Uh, let's face it. Nobody watched wrestling this week. Disney Plus launched on Tuesday, and it set the world on fire. Fire! Woo! That content. It's overwhelming. It's a sea of nostalgia, and I believe to be the largest weaponized nostalgia bomb in our history. What I think is great is even 
as many uh, uh, problems you might have streaming something or issues might you might have finding that episode or not being available, you can literally just go back to your last screen and find 3,700 other things you're happy with watching. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, and there's some surprises on there too. Um, the other day, Kirsten was watching um, Ten Things I Hate About You. I seen that was on there, and that surprised yeah. me also. That's yeah. I-, I love that movie. It's great. That I- honestly, I think that is Heath Ledger's best performance. Uh, fuck you, people who think he's the best Joker. <laughs> I thought he did the best on that. Fuck a Knight's Tale too. Yeah. I don't know. I can't watch that movie anymore, though, because it makes me. I just. I just want to watch not another teen movie. Oh, and by the. Uh, I never watched that. Oh, god! It's the I'll, ultimate redux. Like none of those movies are good enough anymore after you've seen. Nah, I'm not gonna. Movie. I don't want to watch that because I want them to be good. <laughs> but I also love Larissa Olenek. Uh, that was kind of her last big thing, and I don't know why she never took off. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, so many good things you can, uh, like you said, nostalgia, but not only that this weekend, I plan on watching the Mandalorian. Oh, yes. great shit. They got a brand new movie only available on Disney plus live action lady in the tramp or CGI lady in the tramp, or I don't know. I'd have to watch it's it and see how they the handle Siamese it. It's not going to have the Siamese cat song. I don't know how interested I could possibly be. It's my favorite part of the movie. Cause you're racist. And no, we know that. it's a, <laughs> it's a good tune. It's That's a good fine. jam. <laughs> that's, that's. I bet you love. Uh, I bet you love uh, the song from Peter Pan. What makes the red man red? Also, oh, I just love that. Oh, what makes the red man red? I was never big on Peter Pan whatsoever. So no, yeah, I was never big on Lady and the Tramp either. One was a tramp, and the other one wasn't much of a lady. <laughs> no, they were dogs. Um, it'd be great though if there was another huge event going on in TV that we could watch. I know. Um, did you watch AE? I mean, Rick and Morty season four, episode one. Oh, you fucking AI, dude. All right, dude. I think it's turning around from season three. I mean, I guess we're only getting five episodes. Well, we don't season. know. No, no, no. They're they're dropping five and then dropping five. Okay. So it's 10 still. It's just their tagline was half the season you wanted, all the season we could handle. So, And I wouldn't yeah. get mad at them if they did that and still had something out next year. I could Oh, I, could I don't care. <laughs> this episode I just was love really good, though. It. And I like, I like the way it kind of resets everything, in a sense. And, and the full circle And the at fact the end. that they called it out. Yeah. They call out that yeah. it resets everything. Yeah. I like that. I like Fascist Morty. I love, um, I love the, uh, the Wasp Rick. <laughs> Yep. He might be one of my favorite Ricks so far. for assholes, so the least thing you can do is not be a fascist. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so good. The Return of the Meeseeks was meh at best. Like, they really yeah. overhyped it and didn't deliver. I'm going to say that. Sorry if I piss people off. Uh, it is what it is. Meeseeks is never going to be as good again. It was. It could It could be. But this this episode wasn't a Meeseeks episode. It was no. a cameo. Yeah. Because people wanted it. It was just to get that red Meeseeks over, and, and I thought that was funny. But other than that, yeah, not much. That's racist. <laughs> Sorry. What uh, makes, no, what um, makes a red Meeseeks red? <laughs> right? <laughs> a, a really enjoyable episode. I, I had very few negatives to say about this episode. Um. Had a few while watching it, but nothing that jumps up as huge. 
I enjoyed it. I I didn't completely I didn't completely understand the Morty storyline. I do know that he's trying to um he can see his own death, but he's trying to get to the He saw Actually, one future best, where he died with thing, a... Yeah, the best thing that that I the best thing was that they they that they fixed was in the end credit scene where you find out that the future he's been striving for, where Jessica loves him and kisses him and he dies, is just a uh, future where she is uh, a nurse in a nursing home and she just tells everybody she loves them. So that that was awesome. <laughs> like, that was perfect Mortyism right yeah, there. Yeah. But I still didn't completely get the all-knowing Morty. Like, I guess it didn't hit with me. I guess I get it. I just didn't think it hit with me. I think it bears I for a done second watching. I, I watched it, and then I caught a couple of YouTube videos that broke it down because I never really pay attention to the, anything in that great of detail the first time I watched right. it. And Yeah, sometimes you need somebody whose job it is to do it to actually break that shit down. Cause hey, that's why you're I listening only watched to B6 Podcast. Isn't that right, folks? We're here for you. <laughs> so all in all, I truly enjoyed it. Like truly, mm-hmm. truly enjoyed it. But um, but yeah, it, it had it wasn't the perfect episode, and it was far from the worst episode. The ending before the credits was awesome, though, where they start doing the Rick and Morty a hundred years, and then summer comes in. And tries oh, to I you know you almost have to hope they do that. <laughs> oh, look at you guys sucking each other's dicks. Oh, it's like finally, yeah, because the first one was Rick just going off. It was kind of Morty. And then the second one, oh, God. No, they only had two because they skipped one in season two. You didn't get one in season two, obviously. Yeah. So season three, you had Rick going off talking about how, you know, he he got rid of the galactic government and he got rid of Jerry because they were trying to step in on him. And he doesn't give a shit about Morty and his sister, but he had to bring him back. Otherwise, Beth wouldn't accept him. And he wanted Szechuan sauce and blah, blah, blah. So that was fun. And this one, then he kind of. At least seven more years, Morty. (laughs) <laughs> right, and so this one they they brought it back, and it was it was good because that's kind of the way he laid it out. I liked it. Fun stuff, folks. You got to go out and you got to go out and check it out. It's worth Rick and Morty. Oh, first of all, or not first of all, because we've been talking about this for an hour. Um, Hulu has not aired it, and it's been out for like four days now. No, Hulu won't air it. I think it's five Get months you... after the it. What I but read, that's not how they they used to. No, they used to not do with it Rick the and day Morty. After. It was yeah, a year. No, the first two seasons maybe, but the third season was a year after it, or like right after it came out on DVD. So a year after it finished airing on TV. This mm. one, Hulu made a statement because everybody cares about this show so much. They right. made a statement saying five months after the final episode airs, it'll be on Hulu in the in the complete complete season. That's kind of sad because I went to um, AdultSwim.com as well, and they don't have it on. Oh Adult no, they're Swim. they're bogarting so... it. They want you to buy into their streaming package. Or is it on, is it on the Adult Swim streaming package? Yes. You know that, or are you just saying? Yes, that to I me? know that that was an option I had looked at last year. <laughs> When season three oh. was airing, because it was hard well, to I'm watch not... those episodes too. Okay, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just gonna no. I'll find a way. The There's internet, like I did. Life, okay. life finds a way. Oh, it's so Dr. simple. Doctor Ian Malcolm. It's so simple. You literally just put into Google Rick and Morty, and there's 75 places to stream it. Uh, talking about stuff that you can stream super easy that costs a lot of money, pasty. We had AEW full gear this weekend. Yes, and the gears were full. I kind of like the stage setup, a little steampunky. 
granted, some of the larger cogs you could definitely tell were just painted wooden props, but it doesn't really it was, matter. It was does cool, it? though. At least yeah. they're what I like is that you're having themed pay per views and you're yes. changing your set for it. Now, do I assume in three, four years they're going to go to generic ones like WWE? I assume that, maybe because I'm cynical. But yes, I assume that. But for now, it brings me back to the old, not only the old WWF, WWE days, but uh, WCW was really big at having themed pay-per-views and changing yeah. the entire set, changing the uh, the aprons, the ramp, everything. Putting, yeah, having that's, their that's announcers dressed That's the one reason I, I actually played any of the WCW video games back in the day. Yeah. The custom arenas, or the, just a variety of arenas was outstanding. Well, and look at all of the WCW trademarks they've taken from there. You, they haven't done Halloween Havoc, which they really should. Mm-hmm. But they got the Starcast. They got When Worlds Collide. They got Bash. Let's be honest. The Bash is Bash at the Beach. We know it is. <laughs> um, and, and they have uh, they've done the Great American Bash. Like they've they've taken all of these ideas. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to see with AEW, and I'm sure they won't do it because this is just a one shot idea, but they have all these theme pay-per-views. They only do a few a year. I would like to see them retain the same the same stage setup from the from each year, and then just kind of add a little bit more to it. It's cheaper right, that they way. Won't do it plus, just it brings because back. Actually, I'd argue with you that it's cheaper that way. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, I was gonna say I'll bet you storage for the original ones if you have four each year which is what they're going with to start with, for a year with um, many ones in between. Yeah. It, the storage would probably cost more than just remaking all of them. Probably. I but don't, don't know you think they're going to go all out like Vince does with his warehouses of absolutely everything they've ever done? You know what? Tony's um, a wrestling fan. I, I have to assume he would want that. You know what? As far as I can tell, and as far as everything I've ever read... Vince has nothing of the sort, and that's only fans that say they do. There's never mm. been a wrestler that's confirmed that. There's never been an inside person. As far as us having that whole, like, um, uh, storage area for old props and old videos that will never see the light of day that are, you know, that are no-sees and stuff, Yeah, everybody says that doesn't exist. Everybody who's in the know. Now, maybe everybody's in on the conspiracy, or maybe we just want it to be. I don't know. I don't know, but I, 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 I agree with you. If nothing else, I would love them to just copy and paste and then expand on each one. Either but way, I agree want them with to you. keep It'd it is like, is like, you know, all out comes around again. And then you have the chips there and they're still dented from Pac and Omega or Moxley Omega. Right. That would be, you know, that'd be a cool thing that they could harken back it. to even in the commentary. I don't know. I just like that. And then, like, if things do get damaged, just keep them in that state. And I love the idea. Around it. I don't think they would do it, but as a fan, no. I love the idea. Yeah. As an owner, it's probably not When we not start great, a wrestling but... federation. Oh. Yeah. We're going to go out of business in two months. Right, <laughs> But all it's going to be a all fucking of it's on two months. I just buy four warehouses, <laughs> and we don't have a ring. We buy Shit. four warehouses and a fucking apron. <laughs> We don't need a ring. The apron is the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> Everything's an apron. Put aprons on the walls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Aprons on the walls. 
Jeez. It's a good thing we're a little bit ahead of schedule. <laughs> oh, but now we're going to be behind schedule. So pasty, AEW full gear. Uh, they had, as far as I can tell, only one buy-in match, and we yes. actually um, knew it was happening. Yes. No, the most of most of the the buy-in itself was really solid packages, lead-up packages, and then like wrestling history, just like talking about other promotions and shit. Kind of. It was so uh, I I didn't see the buy-in, but this is what I have been saying. Your pre-show should be yeah a lot of building to your show, a lot of packages, a lot of vignettes, a lot of. I think interviews. one match is good, and but I need more match. than that. Is yeah. 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 <laughs> now these two women probably could have been on the pay per view, and we probably could have put something else here. I'm um, willing to bet AEW pays them a little bit different for the dark shows than WWE does. Maybe, but we do have to we do have to say that according to AEW, the buy in does not count towards their win loss record. That's so important. Yeah. Um, if it was me, I would switch out this so, match with either the first match with his uh, the tag match, or even the third match, Joy Janela Sean Spears. But that's just me. Yeah. I would have liked to see it on the card. I did watch the buy-in, and it was a solid match. And honestly, it was probably better than Riho and Emmy, but. Ooh. I don't got complaints about that match. It was just cheesy. That's that's, and that's okay. You text that to me, and I really yeah. don't follow that. But we'll get to that when we get there because I, yeah. I don't understand that. Okay. Well, yeah, no, this was a, was a solid match. I don't really have anything outstanding to say about it because it was the pre-show, so it had my pre-show attention. Right. All um, I want to say is, for at the end of this pay per view when we go over everything, um. Whether or not I won any matches on the main show, I also won the pre-show match. <laughs> maybe an ace. Maybe an ace. I don't know. Hey, if we come out tied, that could get you the win. It, it could, and it would. Because our, our, uh, our, our tiebreaker was whoever wins the buy-in match. Oh, so I won the, so the tiebreaker as well. Yes. Talk about... Maybe winning it all. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I I've lost every fucking AEW one this whole since they've existed, and then I got an ace. I gotta fucking I gotta love it a little bit. Come on. <laughs> um. Well, I guess we just tell the people right out straight out now. I'm sure they don't remember our predictions from last <laughs> week. Anyway, Fat no. Mac clean sweep across the board. Oh, every single person I bet on seven matches plus it. the tiebreaker. Plus and this is the, the first AEW pay per view he's beat me on. So and it was nine, a clean sweep. nine and, wins, and he picked everybody based on what names he could break down to three letters. <laughs> I did too. One hundred, I did. Oh, it worked. So, so the next pay per view, you know how to place your bets. Three letters, baby, or is it four? Come the next right, one. Right. I don't know. They're gonna change oh, it up. Now. This is out there with the people. <laughs> Oh, all right. So we got to the actual uh, the actual card. Yes. Yes. And we kicked it off super solid with a tag match. Uh, seeing Proud and Powerful defeating the Young Bucks. In super solid. What might not be their best stuff, but being this no. their first match in AEW, this was exactly what it should have been. 
this was this was super entertaining. It it obviously wasn't the best match of the night, but I've got few complaints. I'll let you. Uh, who, who wants to go first? <laughs> you can go first. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what I got. It'll to say. help to freshen up my memory, anyway. You take you didn't take notes, did you? Do I ever? Well, you actually you've been pretty decent at that. I lately. don't take notes. I take tokes, and then I forget what I watched. I know, I know, right? <laughs> and then you tell me it's the best pay per view ever, and you're like, "Well, that's because I got stoned and ate a pizza, and it was fun." <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I got on here first of all. Great way to kick off the show. This was a more traditional tag match than we've actually seen from both the Bucks and LAX. Let's let's admit it; it's LAX. Well, traditional is kind of loose, I would say. Well, well, more traditional than what you see from them normally. Either of these two. Yeah. Bucks are usually super flippy high-flying. LAX has, in in later times, been really hardcore. And and we didn't get a ton of either of those. But we're going to get there. (laughs) Yeah, and we got a lot of technical action. Ortiz and Santana dominated the first part. But when the time came, they super sold for the Bucks. I loved that. There was a high level of risk and a tremendous amount of teamwork done by both duos. It was it was awesome. And the finish, Pasty, I thought was exactly what it needed to be. But what really made the match was Nick Jackson selling his knee to the extent that he did. Oh, yeah. And I made sure to put in here, the Bucks have had a reputation for not selling. They have, and... and you can argue rightfully so. In this match, even, I mean, at but, the end, his leg was tore the fuck up, and he came back and pulled off some pretty wonderful That's moves. true. But I honestly feel since they formed AEW, I think the Bucks have kind of tried to change that misconception. If yeah. they're not doing it consciously, I'm seeing it. Yeah, no, and I will say, really, when, really in the circumstance I was talking about, it wasn't excessive the way it usually is. It was tasteful, like a last burst of adrenaline. Give it everything you got to try to take this match back because his brother was out at that point. Right. And without the storytelling, actually, these four performers probably wouldn't have been able to turn it around. Uh, The quality would have dipped. There was no, I mean, there's no story going into this. Obviously, this is LAX's first match, so... Whatever the only well, real the negative I have is on that this, they beat up uh, the the Rock and Roll Express and the Young Bucks. Well, about it. yeah, but that's that was between LAX and the Rock and Roll Express. But yeah, yeah, I mean, so the, that was the reason for the match, but that wasn't like a year long arc, right? Yeah, that happened one episode, and then they had the match, which is cool. I dig it. The only negative I have is about. I'm sorry, Pasty. The Rock and Roll Express. Oh, you didn't love that? Well, no. The, the fact is that this really dangerous inner circle got beat the shit down by these <laughs> old-ass Rock and Roll Express guys. Pretty much but negated any of the heat that they built by what the is, win. What does The Undertaker do anytime he goes into the ring? You know what I'm saying? It, it was fun. <laughs> it was super fun, and I enjoyed it because I'm obviously a huge like fan of them. <laughs> uh, but when I look at The Undertaker, if he beats anybody like that, I think it's stupid. No, like it anybody goofy. who's young and upcoming. It was goofy, but I could rationalize it just on the fact that it was a numbers game for a minute. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I loved it as a as a mark. I yeah. loved it. 
but that Canadian destroyer, building them, that Canadian yeah, destroyer, that extreme, that extremely, um, uh, extremely, um, um, uh, what's what's the word? Not, um, assisted Canadian yes, destroyer. Yes. Thank you. They that operated the ropes assisted. to launch him over. But that's not that's again that's not bad. No. What, what I do have to say is when you got a badass team like LAX come in and then <laughs> yeah. you have two old guys pulling them, it does. I, I think it hurts them a little bit. I think it does. Yeah, I would have rather seen them demolish the Rock and Roll Express, and then at some point later, when the Young Bucks had LAX like completely down or even maybe tied up or something, had the Rock and Roll Express come in and seek their revenge but that's the only negative i have i thought it was awesome yeah no it was it was a lot of fun and yeah it was it was out there but i thought the rock and roll express was a good addition i get what I you're saying about lax kind of looking softened by it but i can't call them lax anymore pnp pnp yes yep i love them yes it's so hard not to call them lax though then we had um, Adam Page defeating the bastard Pac Pasty. Yes. This match was a what long are, time coming. What are your feelings about this match? It was the second match on the card, and I feel like it deserved that spot. It was solid. They, they both worked well. I don't think it was as good as it could be, but once again, this is the first time. And this is the first time, I don't know, it should have probably blown off a little bit better, and Pac should have won it. But uh, I like this match. I don't have complaints about it. No, I thought it built really really well. I the thought throwing that, uh... Pac into the fucking uh, outside rail over and over again, and throwing him hard, like... I don't know. Every time I watch AEW, I'm like, I just feel bad for those people's knees. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. Do they warn you like two minutes ahead of time? Like, watch your shit. This belt built well. It ended very well, I thought, with a with a comeback by Paige. Uh, I thought Paige should have went won it. Excuse me. I felt page really he emoted like a, a stage actor i really felt the frustration in that last big ass lariat he did and and he got yeah. the dead eye and and he got a victory he needed i mean both of these guys need to be protected but if page is getting built up and and he actually went for the title he can't be some slouch you know what i mean that loses in an average regular match and that's what this is yeah and this win may actually be the start of a road for redemption that hopefully sees Adam Page challenge Jericho again for the title that he, he possibly could win. This also gives uh, Adam Page credit because he beat Pac, who has built up so much credibility since he's been here. Obviously, we know that's been from a lot of uh, political pull backstage. Mm. But nonetheless, that's a different story. If we're just looking at, it, looking at it on screen, Pac is undefeated. Adam Page beat him. Yep. And both these men looked awesome in this match. Uh, I don't oh, think Pac yeah. lost anything by losing. You know, he's he's the bastard. 
he needs to be pissed off, which means he needs to lose some matches, right? Yeah, he lost very little. I, yeah. I'd say he lost, but lost very little. I mean, yeah. somebody has to lose. Either one of them was going to lose something. I think Adam Page needed this win more than Pac, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, I, I would have money on the fact Pac peels the, the championship off of Page at some point. And Page doesn't even have a championship. They got that perfect. It's a perfect cow, cowboy and bandit, like, pairing. What the fuck's a bandit? Like a bandit, like a rapscallion. Okay, well, what's uh, I mean, like in the AEW, what's like a, a bandit? I don't know. What's a cowboy? I just where, mean... where the f- where are you just making up fucking nicknames for people? <laughs> Adam it doesn't Page's, make sense to me. His new shirt is cowboy shit. His gimmick is cowboy, even though it's he's not. Hangman Adam Page is his gimmick. Okay, but okay, he, he's still pushing the cowboy. He came down to the fucking ring on a horse at one of the pay per views. But I'm just oh, saying. Oh, don't like, get me started on Hunter Horse Helmsley. Please don't I'm get just me started saying, on that. If Adam Page is the sheriff of an old west town. Now you're talking about sheriffs. You're adding shit that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, because sheriffs are cowboys. How can a sheriff be a cowboy? That doesn't even make sense. He rides a horse and he wrangles cattle. Okay, just how are horses cows? <laughs> what was even the original argument? I don't even know what's going on. Uh, so Adam Page is a sheriff and Pac is Deadwood the, on HBO. Yeah, basically. Watch it streaming. I haven't watched it ever. I don't Then we had uh Sean Spears. <laughs> what, is, what is Deadwood? <laughs> defeating Joey Janela Pasty. Yeah. Um Could have threw this on the buy in. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it was Joey Janela had it a, happened. Honestly, uh, the gimmick, <laughs> the gimmick of Sean Spears with the no more garbage wrestling. His shirt says no more garbage wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey yeah. Janela came in and wrestled a clean match, cleaner than Sean Spears played the match. And I think that makes a point. That that's, oh, for sure. That's I think something that I can point. give this match. Uh, also, all the scratches. Joey Janelle is really good at scratching people. Sean Spears had a whole lot of like ble- little bleedy scratches on his back. Yeah, we don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it was a match. To me, my notes here: neither man was able to build any real momentum. And the finish was all Tully too, wasn't it? Um, yeah, this yeah. this did nothing for Joey Janela, <laughs> but it did give Spears a big pay-per-view win, so I'll give him that. It helps develop him into one of the higher-profile upper mid-card heels. So I, I, I dig that. We need that. He's mm. never going to be a main event guy. I think, obviously, we had I had hopes for him, but after seeing WWE and now seeing AEW, it's like, okay, yeah, he's a mid card guy. That's that's and that's not a bad thing. We no. need mid card guys. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, no, and if this thing if this thing doesn't just blow off here and it continues, I anticipate the next match being a hardcore match in Janela's favor. Right, and, and obviously Joey Janela, he's super fucking over. So wins and losses, at least right now, at the very beginning of this, um, no. even though they say wins and losses matter, yeah. he's doing okay. Well, Although I hear, would say... I heard this week that they were talking about, or uh, Tony Khan had talked that about... That they reset. It, yeah, annually, yeah. potentially. Um, it wasn't Tony Khan. It was, uh, was it Jericho? 
It wasn't Tony Khan. It was, it was either Jericho. Oh, no, it was Cody. Cody said that. Cody said that they will reset. Okay. I don't think they gave a time frame of when they reset, but I no. assumed it would be annually. And I yeah. like that. I think you no, need it's to cool. do that. I it's think that's cool, super great. Then people can't get stuck in a rut. Exactly. I mean, they can, but they probably won't. And you um, can keep shit fresh. But yeah, I, I it's think It's like that, a WWE um, draft when you only have one show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that... Yeah, I don't think this hurts. Actually, I, I almost think this hurts Sean Spears more than Joey Janela. If Tully wouldn't have had to interfere, I mean, it was good heel work by Sean Spears to have to do some shady shit. And the shady right. shit was pretty good shady shit, like taking off the turnbuckle just to distract the ref. Yeah. That's that's some stuff. Like, I had expected him to actually use it. But, um, yeah, no, it was a, it's a, the, the most passable match on the card. Yeah, I think I think it was easily the the worst match on the card. I'll say that. Yeah, I could say that I could go without ever watching I'm, it. I'm not gonna say it's a bad match, but I'll yeah, say it. I'll say it for you. It's a bad. It's a bad match. <laughs> as far as pay per views go, it's a bad match. Yeah, it is. I just I still like both of these guys. I no, I I like them both. I think they're great. Joey Janela. I'm hoping that his uh, spring break special becomes an AEW pay per view. That'd be cool. I mean, he's awesome, but this was a bad match. I'm gonna say it. I just call, I I'm gonna be honest. I ain't gonna suck any dicks here. <laughs> All right. Uh, next match was a three way tag team championship match. Seeing SoCal Uncensored, represented by Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, defending and retaining their championships against the Lucha Brothers and Private Party. And this was uh this was a fun match. Pacey, I have very little, if anything, negative to say about SCU. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, um, this wasn't. I, I think this would have been better as just a one-on-one between yeah. either of them. Obviously, Lucha Bros, of course. Yeah, Lucha Bros in either party after that. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. There's there's plenty of tag team on this card, and this probably wasn't the best tag team match. And then I do got to give a frowny face to the whole coming in as Pentagon Jr. post-match, because didn't Jericho just do that shit? Okay, so... I'm going to have to call you out on this one, Pasty. Okay. I'm just going to have to call you out on this one. Okay. Before Jericho, before Pentagon Jr., there was the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, and he returned to his old moniker and his old character. Yes. So I super marked out for this because that is the Christopher Daniels I fell in love with back in like 0203. Yeah. Before Jericho did any of that, and before Pentagon, I think was wrestling. I'm not. So, I'm not shitting on it. I, I liked him coming out and doing it, but I just think Jericho just wore the Pentagon outfit. But it's not a Pentagon outfit. That's his fallen angel outfit. And first yeah. of all, Jericho's no Christopher Daniels. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's not ever gonna be. I want to see that Jericho match, though. Don't you want to see that match? Oh, I'd love to see that match. Jericho's a GOAT, and he is a WWE, AEW, WCW, a major company. He's a big front man. Yeah. 
a company who... But he's not the wrestler valued, that Christopher Daniels is. Yeah, the, the, a company that values pro wrestling and, and um, mm-hmm. psychology and everything, such as a Ring of Honor, a TNA, and an AEW. Again, right. it, it's a cross there. Chris Jericho is a rock star playing a wrestler, and Christopher Daniels is a wrestler playing a rock star. Oh, that's I've never <laughs> thought of that, but that's one of the most beautiful ways to describe those two. Oh, I love it. So no, I, 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 yeah, that's awesome. I have no problem with Christopher Daniels doing that, and I thought if he's going to return, the fact yeah. that he came back as the fallen angel, I loved uh, that. It was cool to see him, Sarah Romero, and and uh, yeah, yeah, in Penta's face. Sorry. Uh, no, this was a, it was a fun match. Um, I was immediately let down by the fact that it's two men in the ring and one team has to stand outside. Yeah. I, I don't like that either. I agree. I just want, do they do that anywhere where three men are in the ring? They do it all over the place. Uh, Mexico always does it. That's their, it'd be a stipulation if it wasn't. (laughs) But yeah, you can do that often. Yeah, I just and, and if I mean, it's gonna be. be multiple men, it's either everybody is active at once. It, it gets there regardless of what you do anyway. But well, it doesn't even have to be everybody active at once. It should just be one from each team is always active. Uh huh. And then the ref uh, calling that the the tagging the foot didn't count. Was oh, like, so stupid! But. If there's one thing that I'm realizing in AEW is each individual referee has a distinct personality and distinct way they run a match. And the longer the show goes on, the more that's going to set in. I think that's intriguing because then maybe you can have like the WWE champion pick his referee and like you can pick Earl Ebner. (laughs) I love how you called him the WWE champion. Well... Sorry, AEW champion. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I get you that it's intriguing. <laughs> As of right now, I don't like it. But yes, it is intriguing. And um, even uh, Earl Hebner did an interview this week talking about how the AEW referees are bad. Um, they need more work. He said if they'd have time to just sit with me and learn from me. And he specifically called out tag matches. He said they just let people do whatever they want during tag matches, and they uh, don't rein it in. And uh, I, I well, kind I mean, of agree with If you can have them. a defined set of rules, like I don't but think things don't have to be as strict as... They don't as... have to be, but you have to have a defined set of rules. The yes. wrestlers need to know what they're allowed to do. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I don't... What, what, what match was it that I told you that... The... One referee, I God, I was going to look his name up, and I didn't. But the one referee who sells every move that's taken in the ring like he's taking the move. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember, but I don't I think that was, up. was that the Rio sakura match? Or was that, um, it was either that no, or Spears-Janela. No, I think it was Spears-Janela. Yeah, but, like, he's he's my favorite one out of all of them. And the, 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 the lady ref who does all the main events, she's badass. But uh, he's my favorite one because... Aubrey, Aubrey, um, I can't think of her last name. We're going to know all their names soon. And that was one thing I realized in this pay-per-view. Like, the referees... Are important. Yes. They're a cog in the whole clockwork. Mm -hmm. As they should be. They should be a huge cog in the clockwork. 
Yeah. Uh, I want to say one thing before we move on, Pasty. Um, as much as I love the Fallen Angel gimmick and I loved seeing Christopher Daniels back, do you know what I'm going to hate about this? What? They did the fucking lights out, lights on gimmick again, <laughs> which I've just fucking... Why do they have to do that every fucking show? At God this point, God. they should just have that as a transition between matches where the lights go oh. out every match. So then when it. somebody does pop up, it's a surprise. You I know. just fucking hate it. I just hate it. It went from being, okay, there was another thing too. The pay-per-view to started, to, right? I and the it. elevated ramp that, that is level with the ring. And I had assumed, cause there's curtain, uh, where the outside the ring area is. So I had mm-hmm. assumed they're going to sneak all their like surprises in under that ramp. And then they still did the lights out thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really fucking annoying. Just just fucking annoying. Maybe I'm the only person who gets annoyed by it, and that's very possible. Just fucking annoying. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, like I said, and that, that was the thing that really got me, too, is it was lights out and then somebody in, a, somebody in a penta mask. And I was like, oh, God. This again, but it was cool, and it was good. It was it's, cool. it's good having Christopher Daniels back. What do we got? What do we got next, Pasty? Then we had the women's championship match. Riho defeating her trainer, Emi Sakura. So I think you and I really disagree on this match. That'll be I'm surprising. not. No, no. This match was really good. Okay. And, the and to be fair, style is a can of corn. But to be, it's to be good. fair, Pasty. I the gave corn, this can match. Can corn is awesome. Pacey, Pacey. To be fair, I gave this match a B plus, so it's far from the best rating I gave yeah. or best grade I gave a lot of these matches. So I'm not saying it's the best match ever. I didn't understand your corny reference. I don't understand how it's corny. I thought it was straight up wrestling. Uh, Is it corny because it's two women wrestling? No, no, that's no. How that, that's but how they it leaned comes into up. the fact that Emmy was up. Riho's first trainer, and then the whole it's, time throughout the match, Emmy's smiling. Like, when she's doing good or when she's not doing so good, she's just happy to be here in this place with her. I don't know. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. They had It was solid work. I'm not shitting on the work whatsoever. I just thought it was. You can't be mad at them because they had a storyline just because it's the only match that had a storyline on the (laughs) pay-per-view. So they say. They, They who don't watch. Oh, no. I actually have. I actually have uh, dates. That we're gonna get into at the end of this pasty to show you that um, yeah, there's no at all. But that's a different thing. Do you want to talk about this match, or do you want me to just tell you my opinion? Let's hear your opinion. I pretty much gave mine. I thought it was fast paced. I thought it had strong work from both women and showcased both of them actually very well. Yeah. And despite what you said, I thought the teacher versus student story was the best and most fleshed out story of all of the matches on this pay-per-view. I thought there was actually a story I could get into, especially since the main issue plaguing the women's division right now in AEW is their lack of story, which is sad. Yeah. And it's most, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing because they got amazing women wrestlers. I'm not saying that they just haven't put a lot of story into them. I thought the ladies did a great job of sucking the audience in and getting them to care about it. And honestly, I thought that this match, the crowd was the hottest the whole night. 
I didn't yeah. think there was a match. Uh, the main event, probably. The main event, they were hotter for it, but that, that was about it. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, actually, oh, wait a second. Actually, I put in my notes, the hottest the crowd got for any of the quote-unquote sanctioned matches I put in my notes. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, yes, there you go. Uh, I also thought the tilt-a-whirl into a pin combo by Riho was one of the most fun and least predictable pins of the night. I thought it was super fun, but I never thought she was going to win with that, so that was cool. Yeah. And I have in here that Riho is the Rey Mysterio of the women's division, yes. not because of her in-ring performance, but she is the consummate underdog who fights from underneath but somehow pulls off a victory. Yes. Um, I also said... I want to see her uh, have a match with Rey Mysterio because she'd still be the small one. Oh, that would be awesome. I, my last thing, though, in my notes is as soon as more women who aren't named Rhodes get the kind of attention that Riho is getting, fans will actually have a reason to invest in the talented women's division. Mm. But I, I loved this match. I thought it was amazing, and I, I liked the story going into it. I, I will give you, though, that uh, Emmy just seemed super happy to be here on the stage, but I mm. also can say with her not being like an evil heel, I can't blame her. Right, yeah. I would be. Holy shit, put me in there and see if I stop grinning. (laughs) And then we had... (laughs) And then we had the AEW World Championship match. This is where you and I are going to differ a lot. Chris Jericho defending his championship against Cody and Jericho's ringman being Jake Hager and Cody's ringman being MJF. This was a good match. This wasn't a bad match. I'll say that. Once again, it's with Cody. It's all story. And that's where you and I disagree. So go ahead and tell you tell your end of it if you or do you who do you want to go first? Do you wanna do you wanna debate my comments? Would you like me to go sure. first so that you can call me out? Sure. Okay. Uh I wanted to say it started off slow, but it certainly picked up. And yeah. it, it picked up into a fine match. I enjoyed the match as it was. <clears throat> a problem I have, AEW, and I text this to you and I, I almost uh copied what I sent to you word for word on here because I thought it came out so eloquently when I was when I was in the mood. AEW is trying to set up Cody to be the ultimate sympathetic babyface. It doesn't work. He's an authority figure. He gets to make his own matches. He doesn't keep kayfabe off camera, so that hurts him a little bit because he, he calls it how it is, and I get it. We're not dumb. I don't know that I want him to play to me, Yeah. but you also can't be the sympathetic baby face when we know who you are backstage. He seems one dimensional and it's clear that the MJF Cody feud is going to take over all of dynamite for probably the next six months. I'm not into it, not into it at all. Now what I will say, MJF was brilliant, loved it. Mm -hmm. And he expressed a, a proverbial roller coaster of emotions while he was in there, which, which tears. Com- he had tears. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And it culminated in the brash, arrogant grin following his betrayal. That was awesome. He's oh. going to go on to the sort of run that will elevate him to the top 
of not only AEW, but any promotion he wants to go to after his contract is up. Like, he can stay in AEW or he can go anywhere. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. And provide he's going to be the breakout star of AEW that's going to define their first year. When you talk about the first year of AEW, he's always going to be an asterisk in it. That's awesome. And I have no problem with that. Now, the heel turn, it did occur too soon, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I would have preferred a slower build. And as I texted you or messaged you, uh, I think, like, if you went the Sasha Bailey route, I, and I don't mean as long, because they went, what, <laughs> three, four, five, seven years it's or whatever? still going. I know. They're just but, both heels now. But if you'd have gone over a year, I thought it would have been, and nobody would have seen that coming, It would have right? been great. It would have been great. I got to counterpoint that with. Well, just, just wait, this just has wait, been, just wait, just okay. wait, Pacey. Let me Fine. just, I'll let you have your turn. I also want to say what I didn't think of myself, but Bully Ray came up with. MJF, instead of using the towel, should have used his scarf. And he should have wiped Cody's blood in the towel. Oh. And he should continue to carry it to the ring as a trophy like the Shroud of Tehran. That, that would have been awesome. I didn't think that's the only thing that could make it better. Now, what I also want to say is I would have preferred that the judges had something to do with it because they really promoted the judges. And in this match, they were pointless. But with that being said, I hope they continue to use that gimmick. I like the fact that yeah. they have judges. And I like the fact that not every time they have judges, it's going to come down to them. Right. Well, especially with the hour time limit. Super like, like that. The hour time limit alone is amazing because any match can be an Iron Man match. Kind of. For sure. For sure. So the last thing I want to say... Jericho was great. He was the ruthless champion. It's awesome. He was unconcerned for his competitor or anything else. But despite that fact, this was not Jericho's story. This is Cody's story. Mm -hmm. And me, personally, I don't know about every other person watching AEW. I'm invested in Jericho. I'm invested in MJF. I'm not invested in Cody. And I also have on here, I'm not invested in jake hager for that matter either so <laughs> not a big deal but no, like i biggest, want them don't give a fuck about this at, <laughs> yeah this i want match. them to push jericho and mjf i really don't give a fuck what's happening with cody because i haven't to me they haven't given me anything to care about and i'm well, sure on dynamite people. they've pretty much teased that mjf is joining the inner circle but i'm assuming he's only joining the inner circle to in turn turn and screw chris jericho right but i don't think he is considering what I've read happened on dynamite. I didn't watch it. Oh, it's really good. There's a a a brand new, but a new wrestler came in. It almost seems like MJF and this new guy have their own thing going. Yep. And we'll talk about that later. This guy was going to come in for like weeks and he just made his debut. So that's why I don't think he's going to be part of the inner circle. I think these guys have their own thing, but I I don't know. You watched it. I did either way. It's cool. And that segment was awesome. And it did make it. It was made to leave you questioning at the end. Cool beans. I love that. <laughs> That's good. We want to talk about it. Yes. What about this match? The match itself, like you said, started Some, very slow. Which isn't bad. With the way it was building up, up to the end, I do feel like if they could have kept going at that level, I don't think Chris Jericho could have held that level for long. 
but I think I could have watched the match for the full hour and have it do go think, to the judge decision. Do you think Cody could have handled it that long, though? Because Cody isn't a whole lot younger than Jericho and probably isn't in any better shape than Jericho. Probably not. I don't think, I think it would have slowed down again, and that's not something I would have wanted. But if they no. could have, if they could have kept that pacing up through the end of the hour, I could have watched that match. But could they adjusted the <laughs> could they adjusted the pacing to make it so they didn't burn out so quickly? Yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both they're both okay. they both have time in the ring. They they know what they're doing in there, um, and neither yeah. one of them are huge over the top kind of wrestlers. Well, one um, thing we got to say though, Cody. Cody doesn't need I, to I bleed mean, I, I every pay-per-view. I mean, he doesn't no, no, need to do okay. this every match, okay? I mean, and I'm going to complain here. I'm going to complain okay. here. I didn't like it. <clears throat> Especially since the way he busted himself open or busted it open more was for him to fucking dive onto his face from the top rope outside of the ring. Granted, it's only the height of diving from the top rope to the inside of the ring. Right. But... That's not smart. I think he doesn't care. I think he doesn't care because if he's not cleared to wrestle, he still runs the business. He didn't do. Uh, he didn't do as good of a job as his dad because it actually no. quit bleeding before the end yeah, of the match. There was not enough blood that, to make it worth it. But he doesn't need to do that all the time. No, not every not. story needs to be told with crimson, and it shouldn't. No, unless MJF is going to wipe your blood up with his fucking scarf. Yes! <laughs> Which, and yeah, Bully Ray, God, he's a genius. Right. <coughs> but, um, I liked it. I like Cody's storytelling, and I'm going to stand behind him until he gives me a good reason not to. That's not a bad thing. I find it amazing that he's humble enough to at least even for the immediate, maybe it's the year, you know, maybe after, maybe when the reset happens, he's able to challenge for the championship again. Right. That makes sense. I'm happy he's humble enough to step away from it now. I think he almost has to, but that doesn't mean he has to. Does that that make sense? Right. In the public opinion, he has to step away from it. But as Shane McMahon, the best in the world, knows, he doesn't have to. He always could just piss everybody off and do it. Um, this this match wasn't a bad match. I gave no. it a B plus. I don't think it was a bad match. I just don't think it was. I uh, I don't think it was as good as a AEW World Championship match should be at this point in their tenure. No. That's me personally. That's me personally. Do you think we're going to get that out of Jericho now, though? I think Jericho can. I think it was all on Cody. I don't and think I might, the title I scene might be really wrong. heats up until he drops the belt to somebody yeah. else. And, and it needs to, but I, I honestly, just for building purposes, I hope it's not until he's hold it for a year. I mm. want the first AEW champion to hold it for more than a I'm year. I'm just saying, in the last calendar year, Jericho's kind of packed on the pounds. That's affecting his body differently True. in the ring. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. He is not. He is not. First he's of all, not he's what not he was when he was age. with Kevin Owens in WWE. And that wasn't not that what long he was. ago. He's not what he was when he was wrestling Eddie Guerrero in yeah. ECW. Yeah. He put on the weight as soon as he said, Vince, I'm going to go wrestle for New Japan. Because he, <laughs> he got to New Japan bigger. <laughs> well, you, you wrestle with Vince. You wrestle... Uh, 
what, 150 days a year? Yeah. You wrestle in Japan, you wrestle 50 days a year. Mm. It's a huge difference. He's got he's got like an Ozzy Osbourne bod, and it makes sense for him being a rock star. And I think that's where he values his time more now. He's been wrestling long enough. I don't blame him for that either. He can do what he wants, and if as long yeah. as people are going to pay him, fuck him, right? Mm. Yeah. No, I think he's a good face and a good mouthpiece for your first champion, but I don't I don't Truly. see you getting the matches you want out of AEW's title scene until he's lost it. So what about our uh, unsanctioned lights out main event? This is the first time. <laughs> good let, let's talk about this. How many? Um, is this a? F- uh, I, I won't even go into that. Let's save that for a different discussion. <laughs> so we had the uh, John Moxley defeating Kenny Omega in an unsanctioned match, which had everything you wanted. And, and way more. too much, way too much more. Was it way too much though? <laughs> no, I thought it was perfect. Or did we have fun? With I thought it? it. I thought it was super perfect. I thought it was kind of risky. Um, God damn, this match was nuts <laughs> from the get go. And John Moxley goes under the ring to get his first weapon, and I see a mouse trap there, just a lone mouse trap. I'm like, is he going to use that? Is that going to go on Omega's tongue? <laughs> Fuck! This match is everything I want in hardcore wrestling. Even stuff you didn't know you wanted, right? Uh, <laughs> they brought out a fucking bag of broken glass. Super gimmicky. I wish they would have played it off a little different. The worst thing was JR said it was ice for a second. <laughs> and at first I thought you that's got to be ice because they wouldn't do real glass. <laughs> right. And they didn't do real gra- real glass. No, but, but it also didn't melt throughout didn't the duration melt. of the match. <laughs> it didn't melt. I was worried it was going to when he said that. I want JR to start selling a shirt. It didn't melt. Maybe beef stick should sell that. It didn't melt. It, yeah, no, JR I, could I, sell sell bags of fake ice, fake, honestly, fake glass, I, fake ice. What I have in here is that there are expectations that we have for gimmick bouts, and given the bar that's already been set especially from Moxley Janela at Fighter Fest, the uh. expectation for this match was off the charts. And no two wrestlers can actually really usually ever meet those expectations. And Moxley and Omega did. <laughs> they did so many minutes. bad things to themselves. Omega swept Moxley's back with a barbed wire broom. 30 minutes of an orchestra of innovative violence and entertaining hardcore ruthlessness I wrote down and I love that because it sounded poetic both these guys are so write, old they, they don't do. have to do this stuff to themselves oh man each spot I don't think they're ever going to do anything like weapon, this again it escalated the sadistic match um, there are those pasty who suggest the violence was distasteful and unnecessary and, I call those people pussies no, no, no. I'm going to say those people were right. I disagree. I think they're right. It was distasteful. It okay. wasn't necessary. I just like but distasteful things. When a company promotes a match as being unsanctioned, and due to what we know of the history of these 
performers. It's what we wanted. We we wanted something distasteful and unnecessary, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thing. Right. Uh, Moxley was on fire before, during, and after the match. He was throwing around the fuck yous and fuck this and <laughs> F-bombs everywhere. He was the complete opposite of what I have written down as the, quote, Dude, wacky when Dean the Ambrose that he was on in the WWE. Thank you. I said Dean Ambrose was the stone cold of that group. And he turned into a wacky Dean Ambrose. And this is but what we he wanted. was the stone cold of that group until Vince cut his balls off. Yeah, this this is good. This is the version of him I missed. John Moxley finally showed the world a side of him that's never been brought out of him since he left CZW, really. Yeah. Now, I, I am going to say this, Pacey. I'm going to say this. My only gripe would be that this type of match I want to see after a huge, long, drawn-out personal feud... And this is a short feud that we really don't even know the genesis of. So you're going to assume there's multiple matches coming forward. We don't we don't even know why they're having this match other than it was on the card. Well, I mean, Moxley attacked Omega on his debut. That started a whole okay. thing off. They've been and then what happened after matches. that? There's been a lot well, of in-between matches like he comes in and interferes. Uh, what about Moxley putting Omega through the glass table on the first episode of Dynamite? I got it, but like, but listen, <laughs> for a match, for this being an unsanctioned Their match, story is that's a your physical first one. match. Like that shouldn't be your first match, though, right? You got to admit that. I okay, I get what you're saying. With it, shouldn't being, be your yeah. first match. Yeah, you should build up to it. You can you don't can have you all think, the fucking. Don't you think Moxley wanted? To come back like that, though, you know what I mean? No, I think he want. I think Moxley wanted a well drawn out and um, deep storyline to where his character meant something. And I think that Shad Khan or not Shad Khan, Tony Khan said, <laughs> "You like glass. <laughs> I want to put you in glass." Honestly, because there's no story behind this. They haven't had a single match. You have to build up to something like this. I get that, yes, when Moxley came in, he attacked Omega. And I get that, yes, they've had verbal spars. Both they've, had, on no, they've, been in, they've had like 10 matches, Omega and, uh, Omega and Page versus Moxley and Pac. That was a match. That was a... That was a cage match that had barbed wire on the rings? No. Okay. So they I haven't get, really, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it should be a up. blow-off grudge uh, yeah, match. Yeah, this should, that's, what I'm, that's all I'm saying. This should be a blow-off match, and it wasn't. Okay. I'm not saying it's bad. I loved no. this match. Yeah. I have nothing negative to say about it. I'm just <laughs> saying that for the first one-on-one match between these two, this should have been the fourth match is what I'm saying. I I agree. It's a young company, though, and to, to draw the spark and to gain the attention, I see why they did it. But this match was fucking nuts. We had barbed wire bats, barbed wire brooms, mousetrap boards, broken glass, fucking... Pacey, I gave this match an A, and the only reason I didn't give it an A-plus was because this was their first solo match, and it didn't 
require this. I loved every second of it. I've got my no biggest complaints. complaint is all their cuts were too small and didn't last. This should have been where yeah. Cody's mask should have been better if he was going to bleed. I feel like they should have bled better. And let and let's be honest. Uh, first of all, the barbed wire was legit, and I loved yeah. that. Yep, yep. The there was um, definitely skin rips. The sugar glass, though, yeah, they could have done something better because it really came off as sugar glass. Mm-hmm. Throw um, some tax in there or something, at least. Something. Something, something. that's going to cause, yeah. Now, that's the main event. We're going really long here, Pasty, but I'm just going to say one more thing I want to say before we get into anything else. One positive I have to say. One of the most important objectives, Pacey, of a pay-per-view is to have fans want to tune in to the following episode of their show. And the follow the fallout of all of this should definitely have made last night's Dynamite intriguing and a must-watch. And from what I've read, it was a... They went up from last week, so yes. they definitely gained more viewers. So it, that part, it did what it was supposed to do, and I like it. I'm glad yep. it did. I will say I watched the go-home show, and I watched the comeback show, and I think the go-home show was a better lead-in than the comeback show was a fallout. But it was it was solid, and it did create new things. Like, it feels like a different chapter, and that's a good thing. That That's what we want. Yeah. WWE um, just does I don't crazy. care builds to an I don't care pay-per-view to I don't care what happens next. And that's that's not what we got here, and that's a great thing. And then we didn't even mention the fucking barbed wire structure that Kenny Omega had the rest of the elite drag out. We didn't mention that at all. Oh, fun. That, that, yeah, he superplexed him into that and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was super fun. It was a little awkward. Especially when you get uh, people out there to get you out. But I, I think it makes sense. A, a normal human can look at it and say, of course there's going to be people that help him get it out. Yeah. Um, somebody who I honestly CZW think there was a lot of duct tape, like the bars were FMW duct taped halfway up. It didn't, I don't think it fell apart the way it was supposed to. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was good. It was good. And for the layman, it's going to look amazing. Uh, yeah. For people who watch these things, it's like, Come on. And if Kenny yeah, Omega yeah, starts, sure. if he keeps doing this spinning out thing, he already said, you know, he, uh, where he came out as Sands on the Halloween episode, like, you're going to lose all your friends. They're going to go away from you. And for him to force them to drag out the structure plays into that so well. Oh, for sure. So what do you got for best match of the night? Um, Probably that one. Okay. We're, uh, we're, we're in agreement there. Yeah. I mean... There was solid matches, but that match blows anything out of the water. That was NXT TakeOver to a WWE Big Four event. You know what I mean? Granted, it it followed it instead of preceding it. but Yeah. And I do believe I'll have to give it the grade... Of about an A show. I wouldn't say it was an A-plus show, but I think all the matches across the board were very solid. Uh, 
Did you hang up on me? Yeah, because I was talking and there was nothing coming back. I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, I didn't hear you when you were talking. I see you heard me say I gave it an A because you put it in there. But I was not hearing you say shit. It was just dead air. You need to be listening. (laughs) All right, well, call me back. Hurry up. Technical difficulties. They're the best. Hello. Hello. Oh. Yeah, my my uh, Facebook messenger never lost the call, so I don't know. Yep, I don't know. I just stopped hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> my computer, like I answered on my phone because it's like, oh shit, my computer still has you up there. <laughs> okay. Where are we at? Do we know? Yeah, I said I had given it an A, and I was waiting to see what you gave it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I gave it an A minus, and I would have gave it an A, except pasty. Um, my biggest gripe was what you had uh, contradicted me on was that I don't think any of the major matches, let alone any of the matches had much of a build. Now you had told me that you liked it because most of them had a year build. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these matches had the idea, the concept for them sparked at the inception or close to it. Right. Well, first of all, AEW (laughs) hasn't even been around close to a year. No way less than a year. So I thought I'd go through and do a little research of when all of this happened. So I actually got some numbers and data behind me. So we got the first match was the tag match, Proud and Powerful versus Young Bucks. No feud. We no, know that. Course. That's yeah. not a bad thing. That's it's not, not a bad possible. thing. not yeah. No, yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> not a problem. Adam Page versus Pac. They started feuding uh, August 31st, literally the latest part of August. That was at All Out. All Out was the first time they had any uh, real. Their first press conference. Interaction as far as a few. Adam Page and Pac were on the on the roster. They had uh, All Out, August uh, 31st, 19. Yeah. Pac, Pac left after the press conference. That that had nothing to do with any anything. No, Pac but that press conference. The no, they were supposed to have the the match at their first pay per view, but then he, he backed out due to his shit with right. Dragon Gate. But that started right. at like the first AEW press conference. It started August thirty first of no. twenty nineteen. I I no, I've looked it up. Literally, that's the first time those two were ever faced face-to-face or talk to each other. Literally. So then we have Sean Spears, Joey Janela. Of course, no feud, but both super talented people. Three-way tag team championship match. SoCal Uncensored, Lucha Brothers, Private Party. Of course, uh, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks actually have been feuding for well over a year, even before um, AEW was around. 
Mm-hmm. Should we give them that? Private you also party, have to give nothing. it to the fact that if they're doing sorry. a ranking system due to win-loss record, you're not going to have built-up feuds for a long time for your championships because it's always going to be the number one contender. It, oh, or at I, least in I most agree. circumstances. No, I, I agree 100%. <laughs> I just, some of the bigger matches hmm. should. But no, I, I agree. You don't have to have... Sometimes just being the number one contender should be it. I, I agree 100% with that. Mm-hmm. Women's championship match, we had Rio versus Emi Sakura. Of course, in real life, that feud's been going on in years. If you're talking about just AEW, it was May 25th, 2019, double or nothing. But I, I call it years, obviously, because Emi Sakura trained Rio at, right. what, 14? Mm-hmm. Um, AEW World Championship match, Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes. They didn't even talk to each other really until October 2nd of 2019 at Dynamite. So it's been about a month. Yeah, but Chris Jericho's been talking shit about the company since, you know, or claiming he's, he's he the one. He didn't, though. Not, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say he's been talking about the company. But he's been he, demanding he a co- thank you from Cody since, he, like, he didn't have match. like his inner circle, like, oh, we're taking no. on the establishment right. until then. So right. there wasn't a feud until October, so less than a month ago. And John Moxley, Kenny Omega wasn't until June 2019 that they even had anything to do with each other because they were both in separate feuds. That was at Fighter Fest. They're both in completely separate feuds. So there's not any matches that have really had much more than a two-month build. Th- yeah, and not not very physical feuds, just kind of. Or even or even any feud, like even talking to each other. Very, very few of them. I'll give you the Chris Jericho was shitting on the whole company, but that'd be like a feud against young bucks and a feud mm. against Kenny Omega and a feud I just against think everybody. I don't, I don't more consider subtle that storytelling than what the, that you might be used to. I get that. But then you have a unsanctioned match <laughs> and I don't get that, I guess is my, is my point. Yeah. I don't think there was a lot of build. This was a good mid pay-per-view thing. Mm. From what I hear, this is supposed to be their fourth of their four cards per year and to me that's no next year i hope they build better to it that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i liked it i liked it i gave it as as a whole and you see it on the page pacey i give it an a minus i thought it was a great fucking pay-per-view i haven't i don't have negatives i'm just gonna say i'm not gonna suck their dick and say that they did everything right they fucked up in a lot of places. No, but I'll go out on the limb to say that this was their best pay-per-view they've put on so far. And I'll say that's not even close to right because I just gave actual examples of why it's wrong. So this, is, what's their best pay-per-view then? Their best pay-per-view is probably their first one. We already we gave that an A+. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say AEW uh, Double or Nothing got an A+, plus, so I'm down with that. AEW Fight for a Fallen got a B-, minus, so probably not as good. Uh, B for All Out, probably not as good. 
Um, I'm missing some in here. Fighter Fest was a B, not as good. Yeah, I think their first mat, their first pay per view was better. And we even said when we, I, I admit when we said when we did it for them, we gave them an extra, we gave them the plus because it was their first pay per view. Mm-hmm. But I still hold on to that. Yeah, I suppose that has to ring true if it's in the books. I, I still hold on to that. It was their first pay-per-view. They should get a little extra to it. Okay, it's their second best pay-per-view they've ever put out there. I'll give you that. <laughs> there you hey, go. This is the second best one, right? This is the second best one. That sounds right. Uh, That's basically. what we should have called the episode. We fucked it all up. <laughs> second best one. We still can change it. Um, we're about a half hour behind. Can we knock through uh, the Savage Sentinel look? Oh, fuck yeah, we can, and I'll get it started. Yes, folks, it's that time again, the time you love where you get to be in the know. The Savage Sentinel. And this week, we're jumping right to the gratification with the comings <laughs> and the goings. And this first one is going and happy for it. ACH took to Twitter Wednesday to announce that he is quitting WWE. Stating, as of today, I'd like to officially announce that I quit fucking WWE. I am no longer employed. Yes, he's done fucking them. Or being fucked by them, I'm pretty sure. That's what is the sentiment. I refused to work for racists. I fucking quit. Fuck them. I hate that fucking company and everything they fucking stand for. All they ever did was hold our people back. I do this shit for the culture. I don't need anyone's fucking permission to do what I want to do. Screw Jordan Miles. Don't ever call me by that slave name. Call me ACH. And don't forget the super bitch. Bitch. I quit. Fuck you. That was a hell of a video. With a lot of him just sitting there for quite a long time before he started saying anything. So, for him, I love this. Yeah. For a professional person? No. <laughs> it depends on it depends on well, who you talk to. I, I'm yeah. not sure. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It seems, well, first of all. We yes, can't even find out what happened in Saudi Arabia. Come on. I know. This is completely tasteless no matter what. But if he if if he's truly been treated that horribly, I dig it. I don't know. Right. There is that point where, you know, if it's if it if Enzo Amore left the company like this, it would have it not gets- been It gets to that point where is he trying to leave the company or is he trying to um, interview for a new company. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? You get yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was uh, definitely a promo. For sure. Now, somebody who we actually didn't think would ever come back to WWE, racist or not, CM Punk made an, announce, made an unannounced appearance, I'm sorry, at the end of this week's WWE Backstage, announcing that he'll be on the show next week. Basty Fox Twitter account says Phil Brooks, better known as CM Punk, joins WWE backstage as a special contributor and analyst. He will make select appearances in studio alongside hosts Renee Young and analyst Booker T. 
Quote, the best in the world joins fellow regular contributors Christian Cage and Page, as well as new correspondent Ryan Satin on WWE Backstage Rotation. True. Punk did actually have talks, Pacey, it sounds like, with AEW, and he met with the president and CEO Tony Khan in person. But according to Brian Alvarez of Pro Wrestling Torch, there's no word on details of AEW's offer. But Khan reportedly offered, quote, a lot of money, end quote, to the former WWE champion. Argus here at Beef Six Podcast would be AEW wanted Punk as an in-ring performer and that the Chicago-made star isn't really interested in that at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. I'm glad to see him back in any case. Um, a lot of people... In wrestling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see him working on this WWE show for Fox and wrestle in any other promotion. I think that would be amazing. I think he should go to Impact. <laughs> but uh, it's good to have him back. Although they're just going to probably use him for promo school. Have you have you seen any of these segments? Angie, I personally have not actually watched any of them yet. But, I watched a um, couple. I saw one that was uh, Christian. Yeah, I, and, I have not personally. Christian and some football star, and the football guy did pretty good. Christian did better. And then uh, Fluffy and Samoa Joe. That one was funny. But I'm, uh, as as one of the rotating people, he's going to get used in little one-off segments that like that. That sounds so, like a good sitcom right there. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be a show on the WWE Network, honestly. Ugh. <sighs> For sure. But yeah, I would I would love to see him working for Fox for WWE and wrestle in any other promotion. I get if 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 he's salty about right. the Twitter shits and whatever, you know, all that stuff. The pressuring him. Just right. the pressuring him alone, I can I can understand why he didn't go to AEW. They were they were super vocal about it, and they put yeah. everything out there. Yeah, one one credit to Vince McMahon; he like, doesn't pull that discretion. shit. Yeah, no, there's discretion when it comes to business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if they talk like that, then it ruins any element of surprise that you could have had. Which he got a huge surprise. Like he hit it from apparently they hit it from everybody even there in the studio. Yeah, they for, have video for, for of what it. the five thousand people watching. Well, yeah, but I mean, even the people in the studio, they have it. Uh, they have video of them hiding him from everybody, and it's like, um, I think this is what he wants. I don't think he wants to wrestle anymore. Yeah. Now somebody posted on one of the boards. Do you think CM Punk coming back is going to affect? Do you think? Do you think? or WWE is going to win now. And I said, well, he's, he's back, but him being on a Fox show talk show where he's not going to wrestle doesn't really do anything for anybody. And that's even on the, I don't, it's, I guess I don't know what, win the war. what day is that on? Do we even know if that's on Wednesday? That's what it was. It was on Wednesday. Uh, what? yeah, 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 it was. It is on Wednesday. Okay. 
Why would they? Why would they air their own show? Counter uh, programming their own show. That doesn't make sense. I think it's supposed to air afterwards or earlier in the day or something. I don't know because I only watch the segments that pop up on YouTube. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'll give you that. Yep. 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 Um. Next, though, pasty. After yes. a fourteen-year absence. Dan Maff returned to Ring of Honor last weekend. Holy buckets. He wrestled the main event of both shows. On Saturday, Maff filled in for the injured Brody King to team up with Villain Enterprises PCO and Marty Skrull, and he successfully defended the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. Maff even picked up the winning pinfall. The following night, Maff and PCO put on a phenomenal match, one which PCO ultimately won. The Bayonet Badass shared a video of himself signing his first ever contract as a professional wrestler. He's never been a contracted professional wrestler. Maff then cryptically whispered, Ring of Honor. Here I come. After signing his deal. Now, Dan Maff wrestled as Mafia in Ring of Honor from 2002 uh, to 2005, where he was two-time tag team champion with BJ Whitmer, as well as being a four-time former Jersey All-Pro heavyweight champion. You, you know, the whole article, I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who this guy is. And then you said Mafia, and I'm like, oh, I, I might know who this guy is. Right? I recognize <laughs> the name. I get it. <clears throat> Good shit. How old yeah. is he? He's not um, a, he's, too old to matter, is he? He's not too old to matter, but he isn't. You know, of course, people, you know, nowadays... We used to look at it, and they used to call uh, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and Macho Man old at, like, 39, 40. And now yeah. you look at Christopher Daniels at 43 and AJ Styles at 41, and it's like, they're not horribly old. He's probably around a Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles age. Okay. I'll give him that. Yeah, right around there. Well, that's good, good shit. Hopefully he doesn't plan on sticking around with Villain Enterprises for long. <laughs> I think Skrull is going to be heading out. But yes, Filthy Tom Lawler is wrapping up with Major League Wrestling. Apparently the two sides couldn't come to terms after several months of contract talks. So Lawler's contract will end next month. That filthy bastard. I know. MLW CEO Court Bauer acknowledged the news with a gracious tweet Wednesday. I wish Lawler continued success with the next chapter of his career. First class dude who, despite being filthy, is somehow all class at the same time. Holy buckets. Lawler has been the top MLW, been at the top of MLW since the promotion's relaunch in 2017. First winning the MLW Battle Riot event in 2018 and later capturing the MLW World Heavyweight Championship from Low Key. He held the title for six months before lo losing to Jacob Fatu, the current champion. 
Tom Lawler is instantly one of the hottest free agents of professional wrestling. With the competition heating up between WWE and AEW and New Japan expanding their operations into the United States, the former UFC competitor will have no shortage of options to consider as he looks forward to the next chapter of his career. This Ooh. definitely opens a ton of doors for a lot of promotions, Pasty. Yeah, yep, this is a, this is a good get for anybody who gets them. And um, we're running a little short on time here, so I'm going to jump right into the next story, which actually is kind of connected, although basically Filthy Tom Lawler is definitely a loss. One major win for MLW Major League Wrestling is the re-signing of the reigning World Heavyweight Champion Jacob Fatu to a new long-term multi-year contract. Fatu, who is the son of Tonga Kid, announced, quote, this is where I wanted to be all along. Contra and MLW, this is my home, end quote. The deal which ties, which ties down the Simone smashing machine for the next several years goes into effect immediately. Oh, wow. Immediately. Woo, that one jumped out. It did, immediately. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bauer exclaimed, Fatu has been a revelation in the sport and has... But has had a breakout year and has shown all the attributes we look for in a champion. We are excited to know that Fatu is someone we can build around and we look forward to seeing him fight under the MLW banner for years to come. Now, as part of the new deal, MLW will have rights to book Fatu out to other promotions, Pasty. And while... While they're not getting any percentage, they're not pimps. They're not getting any percentage. MLW will have control over how Fatu is used and presented by independent promoters that are booking him. This is being done to A, protect and control Fatu, and to make sure that his aura as a top MLW star is maintained outside the company, but also it's promoting Fatu as well as MLW and growing their exposure. That's a smart move. I still think not enough people know about this great show you can watch weekly on YouTube. I agree, but I also said, I think, uh, last week, maybe the week before, but that uh, I think Fatu is the person they're going to build this company around. Yeah. I think it's, For sure. it's, it's, it's definitely a good fit. And now, into the comings and goings. Continued. Again, we're on a second round, I guess. Let's keep going. <laughs> Why does it do that? I don't get it. <laughs> because we needed a timestamp that we're not fucking paying attention to anyway, so no. let's hurry up. We're a half hour behind. So let's hurry up. <laughs> Wardlow made his debut on AEW this week's Dynamite, aligning with MJF. Well, not the biggest name on the indie scenes, he was the biggest name in the international wrestling cartel, holding their championship three times, as well as IWC Super Indie title and the Rev Pro Wrestling title. It will be interesting to see how the powerhouse fits into the long term in AEW. I uh, didn't watch this week, so I'm not sure, Pacey. Well, he comes off as some good muscle for, for MJF, and he even wears a Burberry tie that matches MJF's scarf. Oh, I dig that. It's nice. Uh, Pasty WWE announced on their latest episode of WWE Backstage that both The Miz and Paige 
have agreed to new multi-year deals with the promotion. Although the length of said contracts was not revealed, with WWE wanting to lock in talent and knowing that Randall Keith Orton, a similar veteran, signed a five-year deal, one could assume that both of these superstars are going to be around the five-year timeline. Paige gets to get paid and not wrestle, and The Miz has been there his whole wrestling career. He's not going to go anywhere. No. I don't they're, even they're I, I can't even say I'd want to see him go anywhere. No, no, no. He does per he's perfect there. That mm-hmm. he fits perfect there. What's he gonna go to AEW and play second fiddle to MJF? Because that's what'll happen. But he doesn't have the uh in ring acumen to back it up, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, the Brian Kedrick took to Twitter to announce that he's taking an indefinite leave of absence. Wait, he's still wrestling in WWE? <laughs> Well, apparently not, because he's taking a leave of absence. (laughs) But it's indefinite. He could already be back. It's been three years since my last cruiserweight title opportunity. Holy shit, three years for somebody that super talented? I'm surprised. fucking cock slap Vince McMahon. You're telling me 205 Live is three years old? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I feel like we're still at like the six-month mark. Like, I, I still haven't committed to even caring about it yet. Three years? That's nuts. <coughs> mm. Since then, it's become evident that I that nobody on the 205 Live roster understands nor respects the road that I pay for them. Probably not roster, but with a, at, you're not sure. Right, Backstage. Right, right, right. Therefore, I am taking an indefinite leave of absence from the ring, which means he's sitting on the couch because Vince ain't letting him go. WWE 205 Live. Hashtag and at. Yeah, that was, that was slick. Kendrick that was wrote. Slick as shit. That was slick as shit, buddy. Uh, I know it was, but I also know there is no word yet on if this part of the storyline for Kendrick or a legitimate break from the ring. Uh, it's a break. Yeah. WWE, well, they never used them right ever. No, they, no, not from the beginning. All right, so let's move on to something that's real. Speaking of cruiserweights, pasty. There's um unhappy cruiserweights. We're talking Jordan Miles. We're talking D. Brian Kendrick. We're also talking Sin Cara because he has asked for his release from WWE. The former Mystico wrote on Twitter, "Quote: Last night, after praying and considering it a lot, thinking about my children and their future, I made one of the most dif- difficult decisions." but sensible decisions that I have ever made in my professional wrestling career, I asked for my WWE release. Since I was a child, all I wanted to do was fight, and all of my life I have made decisions and sacrifices to put myself in positions to fulfill that dream. They are 20 years of experience and total ethriga, which I've looked up and I have no idea what he's trying to say, to uh, my uh, one note says it's spelled that right. I love so and respect. I know, and I put it in Google, and I couldn't find anything that he Auto correct wants to, to change it to Etheridge, uh, Melissa but Etheridge. But that didn't work, yeah. Come I've traveled the world, met incredible people, and fought for the incredible fans of the WWE Universe. I am so grateful for the opportunity they have gave me. 
However, I realize that I'm stuck in a place where I am not valued as an athlete or talent. I have worked hard and honestly for many years to polish my trade. I have been loyal, respectful, a team player. Um, he really goes on. Basically, it appears Sinkara, though, will remain under contract for WWE as WWE officials will not be granting the release request, according at least to PW Insider. Sinkara was scheduled to be on WWE TV at the end of the current European tour, but now plans have changed, and he will be going home instead of going to the next Monday's Raw in Boston, Massachusetts. Luchador has three years left on his current WWE contract. Word going around is that he is interested in working for Nation Lucha Libre, which is ran by his close friend, Alberto El Patron, or Combat Americas, both of whom employ several pro wrestlers and have connections to Alberto El Patron. Yes. He wants those. He wants those sweet, sweet benefits that come with working for Patron. That, that better than fucking WWE, apparently. <laughs> from what we've heard, we haven't been able to back it up. But from what I haven't heard, heard anything since, so it exactly. could have just went nowhere. Into uh, 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 the, the shittiest part of the entire segment and our entire show that we wish we never had to do, Pacey. The that's why we report. always save it for the end because they say you save the best for last. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week, Matt Seidel abandoned his match against Leon Ruff at Saturday's Evolve 139 because an undisclosed injury. It seems Leon Ruff hit Seidel the wrong way with the move mere minutes into the match. Seidel then got up, rolled out of the ring, and went to the back. The referee followed him and deemed he couldn't continue. According to the Evolve founder, Gabe Sapolsky, Seidel was receiving treatment after he left his match. It's Sorry a to mystery. hear that from Matt I know. Super talented individual. Yes, indeed. Uh, pasty ECW original and current AEW trainer Jerry Lynn had to pull out of StarCast over the weekend. That's StarCast 4, folks. Tuesday evening, he tweeted an update on his health saying, quote, went over the MRI with a doctor today, getting surgery for a bulging disc on November 29th. Good news is three to four weeks recovery. All right. Johnny Gargano is dealing with a neck injury. Well, he inherited that from Tommaso. And he will not be cleared in time for TakeOver War Games. Gargano was last seen on NXT television being attacked by Fiend Baylor as a way to write off TV to get the injury taken care of. Pro Wrestling Sheets reports the severity of the injury is unclear at this time, and no timetable for his return is currently available. What a shame. Ah, oh, one of the best they have. Uh, but of course, this is going to be one of, the, of those uh, things best... where we're never going to have Gargano and Ciampa at the same time again. No, no, no. They, it's uh, it's uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn. <laughs> it's that that whole deal. But someone else who uh, we'd really love to see, but isn't going to be around. Mia Yim pays. 
Lacey suffered a nasal fracture during her ladder match loss to Io Shirai after Shirai drop-kicked the ladder into her face. Jesus. That injury will be examined by a plastic surgeon. Yeah, I know. The Blasian also suffered what we're to believe to be rib fractures due to the big fall she took at the end of that match. She was sent to the emergency room for x-rays, and based on the current information, Yim's status is, quote, day to day. Man, her last takeover match, I said she was too green and not ready for it. What do you think you're doing putting her in a War Games match or in the, the ability to be in a War Games match, which she's probably not making it to? It's probably a good thing she didn't make it there. There you go. She's not ready yet. She will be someday. She's good. She's got the character. She's got the gimmick. She just needs the skills. <coughs> Former manager, kickboxing champion, and karate bantamweight champion, Kazuo Sunny Ono passed along word that he suffered a heart attack at age 58 while flying to the States from Japan. Ono said he had a stint put in and is up and running now, although he noted he is not supposed to be flying anytime soon. I uh, wish the best for Sonny Ono. He is definitely a legend, no matter what. Yes. And let's be honest. He he probably could kick all of our asses. We all think of him as the manager, but as you just said, Pacey, kickboxing champion, karate bantamweight champion, he can fuck some people up. Yeah. He needs to form a tag team with Cassius Ono, and they can call themselves the No-Nos. No, no. no. <laughs> Somebody who uh, said no, no to a lot of fans back in the day was Francine, but she recently underwent surgery for an abdominal reconstruction along with a hernia repair. Ooh, neither of those sound fun at all. No. The point of the surgery was to secure the stitches which had come apart following two previous surgeries. Since then, the Queen of Extreme revealed, quote, I'm back in the hospital, not sure what's wrong. Thank you for all the well wishes. To those who had something snarky to say, I pray that you and your family stay healthy, unquote. Way to stay classy. Way to be uh, really classy. That's the word I was thinking of. Thank you, Pasty. Super classy woman. Because you can imagine she had a lot of shit sent to her. So, wow. Good for her. Um, ACH could take a page. What? Oh, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, And finally, New York independent wrestler Matt Travis. The story story is horrible. Sorry who wrestled both House of Glory and Game Changer Wrestling, passed away after a traffic accident Saturday. Amazing Red, who trained him, wrote on Twitter, I don't understand life sometimes. I'm going to try and pull it together for you today. I just want to see you, talk to you. I'm sorry. I love you, Matty. Santana and Ortiz dedicated their full gear match to Matt Travis. With Santana tweeting, Love you, bro. Tonight is for you. And... Once more, Matt Travis, tonight is for you. It's the second best one. 
the second best from Beef Sticks Podcast all the way to wherever you may be, Matt Travis. Um, there you go, Pasty. We we had the best one, part two. Yes, we did. We got a lot coming up in the pipelines. It's going to be uh, fun. We got war games coming up in Survivor Series, so that's going to be super fun to see what happens with all of that. And uh, we got a new game that Pasty found for us that I'm it. super excited I for. Made one. But we're going to wait, make you wait until uh, we have time for it. Yes. You did, and I'm so proud. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Hell yes, it will. And until that time, I guess it's time for us. With that being said, uh, yes. Pasty, I, I, <laughs> I don't have much else to say. No, no. It's been a good show. Thank you guys for tuning in, as you do each and every week, supporting the show, and using that code, BeastixPodcast829, Badass Beard Care. Take care of your hair. Whew. I think uh, we'll see you next week. Gerbil, derbil. Yeah.